Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. The Around the NFL podcast is now less successful than Ricky Hollywood. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Got all the heroes back together. Greg Rosenthal. We back. Mark Sessler. <laughs> Combine week. We're holding it down from Los Angeles this year, but the coverage will be just as good, if not better. Mark, welcome back. How was your time away? There's a lot of mystery whenever Mark's away. Oh, really? Where is Mark? Is he coming back? The man deserved a vacation, and he took that vacation, and now he has returned. Well, I pulled a the old trick that Greg used to do, which I think I've learned is quite valuable, which would you often would do the right after Super Bowl, yeah, do the thing. Um, I'd wait till May or June and roll in like a car that rolled off the road. So right. it's like I, this was actually a next level move by myself for myself. Smart. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> I am with myself now. <laughs> Got you uh, two weeks off. So you are fully refreshed. I feel great. I understand that you were on a cruise during what is some of the uh, – most unfortunate wintry weather uh, in this region's recent history. How did yeah, that go? This is an accurate um, uh, audible soundbite. Well, it was, it was one of these cruises that you can get on for very little amount of money. Right. And I thought, well, listen, I have low expectations. Yeah, but by the way, just not for nothing, you're yeah. a successful. Well, no, I just media found a parking. Yeah, but I found uh, a great deal. A lot to you. I just found <laughs> a great deal. Like it just, you know, so it was like it had everything you need. But like, um, when you, we got on, we were initially supposed to go to Catalina Island. Right. Uh, which is yeah, it's a nice, glorious. Thing. Uh, gorgeous. And then down to like Ensenada, Mexico. And the, the first announcement, because if you go on these ships, like they just pound you with these announcements left and right. It's like, Especially uh, if you pay like 300 bucks. Right. It's yeah. like, we are wiping like Catalina Island off the schedule right away. So there were no stops, essentially. And they, I think they spent, the one thing you could do in a boat. Now get back to work as Mark shovels yeah. coal into the engine. You, they just spent most of the um, time on board, I think, trying to steer around inclement uh, weather out at sea. Right, but to I keep had you alive. It, became, yeah. it went from a, a vacation paradise scenario to get everyone back to shore uh, without water in their lungs. To and some that's degree. Important. I mean, you could always see yeah. um, dangerous clouds in the distance. But, mm. I mean, I would say otherwise it just was fantastic. And you know what's the only thing worse, uh, perhaps, <laughs> than uh, going on a cruise during the worst California winter storm in 25 years? Moving. So, And that was Greg's weekend. <laughs> that was that was unfortunate. I was – I didn't – at first I was like, do I use an umbrella? I mean, you, it, was, uh, it was a lot of rain. It was a lot of rain and a lot of moving. Ten years in that place. You know how much junk piles up over ten years? A lot. 
You know how much uh, I shouldn't have left a lot of the work to the last minute and did? That's, a, that's mm. what you do. That's a lot. Most of it is wet. Um, well, it's good to have everybody back together. And this is a big app. You made me we, feel like a real man, though. That isn't, yeah. You're doing a lot of lifting. Were you, you, were, you were doing most of, of the, the man work. Well, there was just like a lot of extra stuff on top of the move. We had movers, of course, but, you know, there's a lot of extra stuff yeah. in the scene. Find your tool set and all of that yes. uh, leftover. <laughs> how did your Emica, wrench work go? Emica's more the handy woman around the house. You, know? <laughs> you, were, going, you were doing so well there. <laughs> Uh, yes, this is a very uh, important episode in the offseason for us. It's uh, Greg Rosenthal's Top 101 Free Agents is out. Hit me with a little celebratory horn gesture, Justin. Now give me the other one. I want more. I want bigger. Give me it now. There it is, the Top 101. He put a lot of effort into it. Well, maybe not as much as here because he was moving. <laughs> uh, so we'll go through Greg's 101, both the good and the bad. Uh, and I did study it um, at great length this morning, and I do have some issues. Okay, great. Hmm. And I'm I, looking forward yes. to those issues. I mean, uh, it was published about 25 minutes ago. Right. It was. Right. You know, got, I got some intel, inside info, had the list. Well, I mean, I, I had the yeah. list, but I like to read the one thing I like, and, and I'm starting now. Right. I'm bathing in it now. The little, the, oh, the nuggets, blurbs. the little write-ups the that 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 Greg does. I just chew those, and I just stick to the hard data. Okay, okay. Player number. I've got some. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's breaking news or even developing news. You got mad at me last time, but I just have an update for you. For the right. first time ever, my byline on NFL.com says around the NFL podcast co-host. Yeah, I didn't like that. I just saw that too. Who? I didn't make that. But, but I who think at they, this point did? Bring that I think up. they were tired of it. Said editor for a long time, and uh, I mean, I got to see what mine is now at this point. I mean, I, I just, guarantee this was a bang job. You guys know this doesn't sit well with me. No, we all it's have not worth it to us to name hugely important roles on this podcast. <laughs> it doesn't exist unless we're all pulling our weight. Um, I am the host of the podcast. I don't like the co-host thing. Oh, wow. I didn't I, know this was about you. It is. It's about me. Um, we've talked about this before. Um, I, I don't remember it. You're you, not going to like this. It's about me. <laughs> they actually went completist and gave me the same title as, as yourself and Greg I here. I hope so. so. I hope so, actually. Well, that would have been obscene. Yeah, it's but been like a, a long time. Because I, I, I will do radio hits, and they'll be like, around the NFL editor. And I, you know, it's not That's worth not correcting. Yeah. It's not worth correcting. What if it was just in all caps for you, talent? Whoa, this is weird. They updated Dan's, too. And it actually says, around... The NFL assistant. <laughs> it's just it's You know, I wouldn't be here if that was the case. That would be instant strike material. Um, all right. So anyway, Greggy, top 101. We're going to get to it. Um, but first, let's do some news and get caught up. I have seen the future of horror. Beyond any terror you have imagined. Yes, Pellraiser. <laughs> I mean, we we don't have a, a real relationship with Tom yet, but yeah. at some point, <laughs> yeah. the, when we, as we continue to build out his nickname, which yeah. I think is going to have grassroots positive um ramifications for the man down the line because it's about branding. It's all about branding. Mm. It's coming from the new old blue eyes. Um, this could really help Tom 
but maybe we need to connect with him and see if he's cool with Pellraiser. I think we've rolled out the red carpet for a potential, you know, association connection. Should we perhaps set up something where we have Tom on the show to talk about Pellraiser? I don't know. Or is this something, an offline situation? Either way, it starts to feel weird if we have this home run nickname and we have yet to even, you know, speak with the man. These are just things to think about. Yeah, I mean, I'd say this like, is why you're one of the Around the NFL podcast co-hosts. <laughs> exactly. Ninety-eight percent um, of the time, we just connect with the coworker directly. This time, we've taken a different th- route. But maybe we just explore it further. Then you know, we got maybe we got it. Yeah, we got to meet on the road of communication. Tom Pelissero, the Pell Razor, reports first news item transition. The Rams have had trade talks about six-time Pro Bowl cornerback Jalen Ramsey. League sources now believe it's very likely. Ramsey is dealt in the coming weeks. Ramsey is due $17 million this upcoming season on a front-loaded deal, according to Pellraiser, that averages $20 million, and L.A. is in clearing cap space mode. So, Mark Sessler, would you pay, would you give up a first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey Pellraiser. in 2023? I think if I were the type of team where you're lower down in the in the draft order and you feel like you're a Jalen Ramsey away from having a defense that goes from good to great, I think he can still be that player. I certainly get why the Rams are in the mode of moving on from a number of veterans considering their cap space, which is a mess right now, their lack of draft picks, and just where they kind of sit in the universe. Right. I threw out the Patriots. Uh, number 14 overall, I threw Kendrick Bourne in that deal just for fun. I know fun. Bill, I know Bill doesn't like Kendrick Bourne. Uh, and th- this was before this report was out, and now there's actually rumors that the Patriots could be in the mix for it. And I would give up the 14th overall pick. I, I don't think draft picks are overrated uh, because you have that contract, and it's the best chance you have. You, basically, those rookie contracts are what makes pain for all these veterans possible but that's a bird in the hand I think Jalen Ramsey's still great and I was confused like why is this so certain and then there's been further reporting that Jalen Ramsey is looking for more money and that's the key to all this you have to give him a new contract and that the Rams want to and are willing to get out in front of this because they're like we're not going to give you that new contract let's just like nip this in the bud this is how we got you in the first place you you did great for us but we don't want to give that contract right now so let's just trade you while your value's high and on the subject of the Patriots remember it used to be actually a trope during the Brady era that any time a big time player <laughs> was out there as a trade possibility it was always immediately connected to the Patriots and they do have a history of uh, you know collecting high profile guys so it makes sense Jonathan Jones uh, they moved to the outside last year. He's a free agent, and I think he's on your list, Greggy. Yeah, in a prominent in spot. 50. So they do have somebody that um, they, that slot could be vacated and filled with Jalen Ramsey. But there, I'm sure there are many other teams that would be interested at the right price. Uh, but that is that's true. It's two things. You're going to probably give up a first round pick, right? And then you got to pay him top of the market. And then you have to think about it. And we're going to get into it the top 101 with these. Veterans, do you are you paying for their prime years? Yeah, and I don't know if you're paying for Jalen Ramsey's prime years when you give him a top of the market salary, and then it turns into a two year deal. I mean, typically they've, they've, and, they're allowing some of their top performers at the position to move on in free agency a year ago, this year potentially. Then you're going to give up a first and then pay him that contract. That's a little atypical to yeah, old school that, Patriots. The whole new moves. contract thing. That's if he can get it, and he probably can. Uh, that's probably where the Patriots bow out. They like to get the the guys when they're at a lower value. And uh, like, look, if he was a free agent, 
he would be number two on my list. So it's certainly not, better than your current number two. I mean, he would me. be the best defensive player available. Maybe two or three. Um, in other Rams news, Los Angeles has parted ways with Bobby Wagner. This happened uh, after we recorded on Thursday. Always annoying. Wagner's release will free up at least $5 million in cap se- uh, savings, uh, and it could be more depending on if it's a post-June 1 situation. Anyway, Greggy, this is a very interesting free agent because Wagner was everything the Rams could have asked for in his one year in Los Angeles. He was still Bobby Wagner, graded out very high uh, uh, on PFF and other uh, metrics, and uh, he will get uh, – a job, obviously, then it becomes what kind of contract he gets. He will be 33 in June. This was wild. He was a second-team All-Pro. Like, he was the best move they made last offseason, and this really signified to me more than anything that winning in 2023 is not, like, the only or number one objective by the Rams. They're definitely doing a reset here because there's no way they're better, and they're only saving five-plus million. By the way, he's not on the free agents list now because they're doing this thing where they're they're going to cut him on March 15th, but I think they're trying to help him out and his agents are wanting it out there. Let, like, hey, save your money. Bobby will be available any, every uh, – Where would he be on your – He'd be in my top 20. Okay. Levante David is right around 20, and he'd be ahead of him. All right. It's a good position in free agency, the, the off-ball linebacker and t- to some degree. And, like, I think that Wagner – I mean, it was framed by Schefter sort of being a mutual – Parting, I kind of get it. Do you want if you if you were Bobby Wagner, and it's clear the Rams are you know shifting down from the worst title defense ever to what is kind of a change in philosophy for them. It's not just hey we're one or two major swings away from adding this veteran or that to win the division and go into the playoffs. It's like they feel like I'm surprised that Sean McVay actually signed up for this after all the hemming and hawing about coming back at all. Yeah, everyone should read our our friend Jordan Rodriguez wrote a really interesting piece about Sean McVay on the Athletic and how he the soul searching and kind of the collapse mentally he had last year. And they tied it together that he's like got his mojo back essentially. And he's excited about the challenge, but I don't know. Well, I, maybe I don't was... like this. I, I mean, I get the change in direction from the front office, but it's weird to me. Well, look at it from a different perspective. Maybe him came in, coming back and we're seeing some of the results of that. Maybe he was yeah. like, I don't want to play that game anymore. Like you were going to give up more first round picks. For a, a pass rusher last season when we weren't even right. in contention, like we need to start building this a different way. And I, if I'm a Rams fan, I know we're probably not winning the Super Bowl this year, but you know if they kept on going on that path that they've been on, they were going to be a three and fourteen team uh, a year or two from we now. You just can't keep doing it over yeah. and over. And like McVay, one thing that article I thought that was kind of self-aware was he talked about like the good version of Sean McVay can tug everyone along with him, right? But he's got this other, and he knows that he's got this other McVay kind of energy, and it comes from times when he says nothing to people around the building that can take right. them my, in a totally different place. I guess my thought is like, why isn't that McVay going to come out again if they're three and seven? And looking at uh, you know they they have a lot of challenges. They're losing free agents like Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines. Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, Troy Hill. Not all, like, huge players, but those are all starters. I think it will come out. That's a problem. <laughs> um, in other news, the increasingly muddled Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens situation. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson has not come out publicly and, and talked. But uh, Stephen A. Smith, a very prominent personality for ESPN, said on first take uh, that Jackson's camp reached out to him uh, with the following information. And it's important information, if true. Jackson's camp claims that Lamar Jackson has never demanded a fully guaranteed deal from the Ravens. That's been widely assumed. 
um, for during this whole process that that's the holdup, that Lamar wants all his contract guaranteed and the Ravens aren't willing to go there. there it's been reported uh, that the Ravens' initial offer or current standing offer is only $133 million guaranteed, uh, which seems like a lot, but considering what the top-of-the-market guys get, it's not. Um, where are we standing on this, Greggy? It does feel more and more uh, like a possibility of divorce is happening here. I just thought this is the first time they've come out publicly, his team. And by his team, it's it's his mom. He has a lawyer. The NFL PA is helping him. But I, I think with endorsements and stuff like that, it's been his mom and, and him running negotiations. It, for them to come out publicly and say, we didn't ask for a fully guaranteed contract, to me, it just was noteworthy. And I'm with you. It feels like a public back and forth now to the point where it's almost like the Ravens are laying the groundwork with like, see, it's not totally our fault. We, we got to trade him. I mean, there is the NFLPA has advised Lamar Jackson to some degree and reporting out there. I mean, Demora Smith also said at one point that he was trying to get a fully guaranteed right. deal. So it's some back and forth. And I know, Dan, you're a little tired of the the uh, mechanics around the whole well, thing. I'm and, ready. I think yeah, everyone's kind of ready for this ready to be for it too. resolved one way or but the other. But as a Jets fan, I mean, I do, I'm with you that I feel like what felt to me like this will get settled. The Ravens will franchise him and they'll find a way to get a deal done. I don't know. It just more like, and more. Like I said, it, it all feels a little bit muddled and, you know, much has been made about Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. And his, but then you hear his mother's prominently involved. And I just I want to say an alarm bell went off a week or two ago when I read it. But I was just like, this is kind of strange. Like, so it's his mother and then he's the NFLPA. The union is directly involved in some capacity as well. Advisory. As an advisory role. And I'm just like, at, at some point, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you have all these different cooks. Um, you know, why don't you just have an agent, like a high-power agency that knows how to handle these situations? Uh, but I can't say how, whether he's doing it right or wrong until we see how this ends. It's just interesting to me that the union is involved, and the union also, for what it's worth, um, filed a grievance last season accusing teams of colluding to not give, quote, certain quarterbacks fully guaranteed contract. So they have a, a stake in it. So it's it's gotten kind of bigger than your typical negotiation. No, no doubt. And I here's the thing. I think them holding a hard line and wanting a fully guaranteed contract or something close to it makes total sense. We talked about this a year ago that like the only way for the quarterbacks to actually get close to what they're worth were to be to play it out like Kirk Cousins because we've seen it. The only time an actual decent like – Above average starting quarterback got to free agency. Kirk Cousins got at then uh, a record setting contract, got guaranteed money. Last year, the only time we can think of lately where a young player who's in the ballpark of Lamar Jackson's talent was available, and that was via trade, got a, not only a fully guaranteed contract, he did it while he was about to be suspended by the league for like terrible off-field behavior and he got it. So, because you had four teams bidding, I think if Lamar Jackson was a free agent, he would get. A preposterously big contract, so why not push for that? I do too, and I, I do think it's a situation a little bit where if the Ravens, there's not a question about Lamar Jackson and the talent and what he's brought to Baltimore, but like that relationship, maybe they would be willing to part with yep. him. Where another team's like, I don't really care if we have to pay him that kind of money or what we have to give up. If you're the Jets, for instance, where the owners come out and said, we are going to get this guy, and maybe you're shooting a little higher than Derek Carr if you really want to become a Super Bowl contender, then it's like the picks, the money, make a lot more sense to another team that has had no in-house experience with Lamar Jackson or this drama. And one thing I've learned from this process personally is 
you know, don't let the wool get pulled over your eyes when the team sends their coach and GM out there and, and tells you everything's fine. Uh, because that's not the case with this situation, even though that's exactly what happened uh, with Harbaugh and DaCosta um, last month. And I thought it, I think it's interesting that, for instance, the hiring of Todd Monken, remember how much was made of like, you know, we want to keep Lamar happy. We want him involved with the process. And then it's also uh, Stephen A. Smith also came out and say, and this is a quote from Smith, Lamar Jackson was never consulted or talked to or asked what his opinions would be about the play caller. He was informed, this is your new boss at the offensive coordinator spot who will be calling plays for you. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of writing on the wall that the Ravens are like. That's a gripe from his camp, yes. from the campers. The campers. Let's send, let's send the campers home soon enough. It's what was this, your it, camp? Sunnyside Acres? Uh, no, camp no, happiness. Camp That's happiness. what we call it on this things show. things were pure. Yeah, we can call it that. Before the world, well, I would intruded. say that I would actually counter that things were impure at times. That's that was. Well, that's part what of what was. made it so yeah. pure for you. Yeah, sicko. No, I'm just it's a a life experience. <laughs> In other news, the competition committee, they're uh, you know they're at that stage of the league year where they're talking about potential rule changes for 2023. Uh, how about the push play, also known as the uh, the quarterback um, QB cheek, QB cheek, that's Justin's, and then the extra gross one. No, I stole that from Reddit. the tush push. Yeah, double which cheek. I hate. Tush is something like your your aunt says at Thanksgiving. Like, oh, let yeah. me let me pinch that tush. We didn't need to bring it back. Into Don't this, need it. Right? Don't want it. Yeah. Don't why need is, it. Uh, why is your aunt such a freak? She does. Aunt Logie pinches the tush. She's just like running around <laughs> pinching everyone's tush. Hello, boundaries. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair. Um, anyway, so the committee is talking about whether to outlaw that play, which um, has become, uh, Mark, a, a really effective play. We saw it with the Eagles all season long, including the Super Bowl. And now they're thinking, do we need some legislation so this isn't like rugby? Are you kidding me? Yeah, Dean Blandino <laughs> mentioned that it has too much of the aura of a rugby scrum and that the NFL's the NFL wants I, to promote. By the way, I saw Dean. Love yeah. seeing Blandino. Yeah. Because nobody dresses nobody dresses more different than you would expect than Dean Blandino. Okay? Whenever we see Dean at the Super Bowl, it's cool jeans, it's big leather boots, high, it's a shirt that cost a good amount of money and then maybe like a bitch in leather jacket and it's always like dino i had that experience at the owners Hello. meetings yeah like he had an entourage but you've seen him around santa monica Gregory. that's true yeah with kind of like a hard not dressed to impress though when he's with the kids i would Pick, imagine he's picking up the kids um but yeah it's like it it's still he presents can i is he allowed to have a personal style well, outside can of I say like, something yeah, i kind of yeah. like it. i think he um i like it What's the what's the word? I believe he surpasses the idea of cool dad. To he's actually existing in a plane where like I just I just cool. That's me. Yeah. And I think that's just surprising. And it was actually the same party that we talked about me trying to get the attention of the Ram COO. I mean, this party had some heavy hitters. What we're we talking about the tush push. Oh, yeah. I I think the Eagles are getting punished for being so good at it. A little bit entirely. Like, every, like Sean Payton's like, well, if every everyone could go do it, like we're gonna install that, and every every team around the league is doing it. Well, why didn't they do it? They couldn't do it. They don't mm-hmm. have Jalen Hurts in that offensive line. Like I do think everyone is crying poor a little bit because you have maybe the strongest running quarterback 
uh, alongside Cam Newton in the history of the NFL, his quads are bigger than most of your quarterbacks put together. Like, you don't have that offensive line. You're not as, like, daring do in terms of how you call it. You're not as well coached. I don't think everyone would do it or will do it because they would be doing it. No, I, not. You're right. And so like, it's a little annoying to me. They only they're, they're they only made it for being so good. They only allowed it to become they, they, they had a rule around it until sixteen years ago. You couldn't. And oh. then for the past sixteen years you could. Good and until the, until this season, when was it an issue? How about like why isn't the response we're defenses, we'll catch up and figure a way to stop it. We have to go rule change it? I mean Well, that, that's a great point, Mark. <laughs> I got all right, Justin, I got our June eighteenth show. We open uh with Tom Pelissero. Okay. And we have a frank conversation about his nickname. Nice. Uh, then we bring in Dean Blandino, okay. and we just talk sartorial choices. Fashion. It's just Dean on fashion, and then maybe if we can get him sharing some maybe gossip nuggets, beachside town rumors with about Greg Rosenthal that maybe he's heard. Okay. Warm him up with the, with I the, don't with think the he's aware of my combo. existence. And then we close with Kayvon. Oh, wow. Roll him in. Uh, Hannibal Lecter style. Okay. I believe that is the week of the NFL um, <laughs> media thing. Media summit. All right, let's make it 25th. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's a good June episode. I, I think, literally would be at a loss on how to follow up with uh, Kayvon at this I point. I think two out of three of those are very realistic gets for us. Which one? Which two are? <laughs> which one do you think is not realistic? Um, the one who's been on the pod many times, three times. I feel like he'd be the one that was the most realistic. Mm, I don't. We'll see. I don't know what our booking department would say if we requested him again. <laughs> I don't think he'll rem- well, he'll remember, but not when they ask him. He'll remember once the conversation. The, the minute starts. he sees us on screen, he might remember our antics. Uh, the Athletic, moving on. Great publication, do nice work. Purchased by the New York Times a year or so ago. Nice investment. Goodbye. By the Gray Lady. Yeah. They reported that Russell Wilson. Last February, asked the Seahawks, the ownership specifically, to fire head coach Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider. Uh, if this is to be believed, uh, the Seahawks then said, OK, bro, uh, thanks for the input. And then they turned around and traded him to the Broncos. And here's how Russell Wilson responded to this report. I love Pete. And he was a father figure to me, and John believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. Focused on moving forward, best is ahead. Who do you believe? Who you got? I mean, are you kidding? Come on. Kalen Kaler, Mike Sando, and Jason Jenks, who wrote this article, are all like, Incredible reporters. They don't put something that big without knowing for a fact that that's what happened. There's mm. no there's no question. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. wanted him gone. Good retort. Good retort. Hey, I'm Russell Wilson, and I throw a sexy deep ball. <laughs> also good. How does it? How would any of that just bubble up out of literally thin air? Yeah. I mean, there was reporting around how unhappy he was for years. Uh, Pete Carroll was at the center of it. I just think it shows because the one thing that was the best part of the Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll's stuff out of the gate was that Pete Carroll and John Schneider went atypical in the draft to find a quarterback that once Russell Wilson succeeded, changed the way we draft quarterbacks and think about quarterback stature. All of that was great. In the end, I think it unmasked Russell Wilson as where he is now, and it went all through last season in Denver as someone overtaken entirely by hubris, 
who literally forgot what Pete Carroll did for him. I'm not saying it was a perfect relationship. It ran its course. It got ugly. It needed to end. But the idea that Russell Wilson is putting a statement out and had nothing to do with this and never said any of this or tried to wield his power to me is utter nonsense. Yeah, lawyers contact the athletic. Oh, with a statement. I don't think they were going to like fire him or anything. Most of the article is more about how much he dominated Nathaniel Hackett, though, and their relationship. Which I didn't love to hear, considering he's now employed by the Jetropolitans. Well, he's back in the Peter Principal good spot, though. I hope so. Down where he should be. We can only hope that. We can only hope. Right. The the idea of of what Russell Wilson was doing, they were having these Tuesday meetings that he had all the players attend. Okay, that part makes sense. But. Then he started just like showing plays of like when he was playing well yeah, in Seattle, so and they were like, "What's going on here? You're just like showing us like, hey, I used to be good." And uh. well, there was also for what it's worth in there was also there was a lot of people on record saying he he worked hard. Um, sure, it, clearly I, he no was plugged in. That. No one doubts um, that, and it wasn't necessarily that he was like aloof and detached. It was just it wasn't working. They did also have the he had his office which was on the second level like we talk about shadowy league figures on the show a lot and a lot of the disconnect is just about office layout sometimes where you know we would be down in the newsroom with everybody else down there and then you had these people making decisions that we never even really saw the fact that the quarterback's office was where all the other the way it was put in the article and was put well like usually when the players are up on the floor where russell wilson's office was uh you're usually like being cut or like your career is taking a terrible turn. He was up there with those people, and then his entire wall was filled with uh, play designs and also motivational scrawl, which totally checks out. Absolutely. We also had a staff up there. He had three people that he brought along that he essentially made them. And Sean Payton hire. said to all of that, "They gone." Well, that was my come on, so, Russell Wilson. Holy, the whole um, thing that very he, exciting. He wanted Sean Payton as the replacement in Seattle, and so you there's the you know the. That's the, almost the good spin on all this. Right. Or the joke yeah. out there that he subconsciously tanked last year to get Sean Payton into Denver. But <laughs> the first thing Payton said when they had kind of the meet and greet with him was like, wait, so Russell Wilson has got his own coach. He's got all this extra stuff adorning him on a day to day. Will he will any of that be allowed? And Sean Payton was like, absolutely not. We don't do that. Like, right. He'll be coached by my staff. He hired a new publicist. And none of it would matter if he could, you know, play the guitar, as Dan would say. That's the thing, is he couldn't play the guitar, and it was like this unmasked situation where, yes, Hackett got run over a little bit, and that's not what you needed, but I don't know if he had been a great coach, whether it would have mattered that I was going to say, and this isn't really defending Hackett because he played it wrong ultimately, but the whole idea was Wilson was getting this fresh start, and he was always he always struggled with the power dynamic and and being used. He always thought he could be used maybe more aggressively as a passer and as a leader of the offense. And now he was getting this chance. And Hackett went all in on the quarterback. You could hear it in his voice in that press conference. Like, I'm okay with this kind of being a co CEO situation where it's me and Russ because I know he's a stud. And then when he couldn't play in Denver, that was catastrophic for everyone involved and nobody I know Greg you you were on record that you saw him as maybe in decline nobody saw him doing what he did in year no, one that's which why was I becoming one of the worst quarterbacks in the league just because I think now we've just accepted how this all happened and you just adjust and get used to it but it is one of the crazier stories we've ever seen 8 o'clock delight widely presumed first QB off the board Bryce Young he will not throw at the Combine, which starts later this week. 
Ohio State's C.J. Stroud and Florida's Anthony Richardson. Will the Lions cut ties with veteran Michael Brockers? Add him to the top 101, or do you? Nah, he's not he didn't make it. He gone. Jack's re- Jags resign Roy Robertson Harris and Sam Hurd. Remember Sam Hurd? Yeah. Sam Hurd is out of prison after a 10-year bit. Sam Hurd uh, was a, a a major trafficker of co- cocaine, but also was a special teams player for the Cowboys. One of the crazy sports stories in recent memory. In that order. I <laughs> remember covering this for PFT, and it just was wild because it was like you're used to hearing little off-field stories, and then you found out that, oh, being a special teamer was just a little side hustle uh, as he was moving at least, like when he got caught by federal agents, 5 to 10 kilos at about uh, 25000 That's a lot of booger sugar. Per week, though. Per week. So that's that's a multi-million dollar operation. Booger sugar. That's a ton I, of blow, bro. I just looked at Dan's face after <laughs> uttering that phrase. I just wanted to say booger sugar. But I hope he, I hope he's learned from his transgressions and has yeah, he lived served, a clean life on the outside. He served 10 of 15 years. It just was like a sort of fascinating uh, NFL story back in the day that I feel like uh, was, was forgotten. Yeah. They should. So. Have, they could have made. They would have made like a Netflix movie about that if that was a thing at the time. Never generated more than three hundred fourteen yards in a season, but he did generate um, other transactions, from right. what we understand. Perhaps some addictions. Yeah, moved a lot of product. All right, that's what's happening in the news. We'll take a break, and we will hit the top one hundred one. Welcome back. Uh, every year at this time, Greg Rosenthal sits down and looks at all of the available free agents, both the guys that are out there right now and the guys that will be out there effectively, I don't know, what is it, March 15th or thereabouts, started the new league year. They are his top 101 free agents. Why is it 101? Remind the audience, Greg. Just settled on that as just a little little something extra. A little, little, lan- little lanyap mm. for you. Asymmetrical. Like your basic uh, sites, 100. We're going to give you a little something extra. Right. It shows that you're just grinding a little bit harder. And <laughs> one we'll- year we did 99 and no one liked that. Didn't grind as hard. <laughs> that showed the work wasn't being done. But now it is. And we'll get to who number 101 is because that's part of the fun. You always want to have a bit of a name brand there. And you do again this year. Um, so... We're going to get into this, and and Mark and I will share things that we agree with. Uh, We will share disagreements uh, with you, uh, Greggy. Um, But I guess a good way to start here is, and first of all, and this is in Greg's setup blurb, just so everyone knows, each, when we talk about their listed age, it's where they'll be week one. Uh, And you see that on the website where you can find it at nfl.com slash... 101, top 101. And the ranking will be updated as players are released and become unrestricted free agents. So this will change, but this is where it is right now. What did you – kind of big picture thoughts, Greggy, 
before we dive into this. This list compared to recent years, is it a stronger class, weaker class? Anything else that kind of stood out to you as you did this exercise? I feel like it was a bad. It's a bad class. That the drop off around twenty five was even greater than normal. That you're, there's always plenty of players. It's like a one year contract league, so it's not hard getting to one hundred. But I thought there were fewer above average starters available than ever, and especially pass rusher, wide receiver. You just couldn't, you can't find anyone. There's right. no one available. The NFL is showing you what they value in who they won't even let get to free agency. Pass rushers, wide receivers, offensive linemen are not getting to free agency, especially tackles. Do you think teams have gotten better about with the contract structuring and the cap of not letting these guys get to this point to get yes. to this list? And so I, 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 it's easier. I think it challenges like the better team. The bet if you're if you're one of these, remember the Dolphins teams of old that would throw a ton of money at a bunch of players that we're just like shaking our heads. Like this is sort of for savvier teams to dig through this list and find the guys that are the gems. Yeah, now you find like the one-year $9 million contracts like James Bradbury was for the Eagles last year, and like right. those are the nice deals. They, they slip through the cracks, but it's not a lot of great value uh, overall. It's uh, The whole thing I would slap on the entire exercise is buyer beware. And just like you're saying, there's a reason a lot of these guys got to free agency, why they were allowed out the door. Um, and in many cases, these are guys that are closer um, to 30 in many cases than uh, their prime seasons. And the wide receiver group, I think, is a good, a very good uh, example. And there aren't a lot of good wide receivers out there. But like, if you're a team builder now, are you going to go pay for a 28-year-old, 29-year-old wide receiver and, and give him good money? when A, there's a chance that he's not the guy that you think he's going to be, and B, we're seeing increasingly that you can go get a wide receiver in the draft that could impact your offense immediately and be cost-effective at that. Um, that was a – and there's one wide receiver that really got on my nerves that you had him so high, but we'll, we're going to get to it. I think I have an idea. Who, I think who, I do why, why do we have to – you want to keep All right, it let's Why is Odell 15 on your list? How is that happening? So position scarcity matters. Quarterbacks are higher. Wide receivers are higher pass rushers are higher than they probably would be because I think they're worth more. And unlike the rest of the receivers available, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, eventually Michael Thomas, OBJ, I think, has uh, a potential to be a bigger difference maker than those guys. So you get him on a one- or two-year deal, I, we'll see how much he costs. I don't think that's that crazy high. You do? 15, I I mean, listen. I struggled with him versus Jacoby Myers, who I think is a really good player. You could put drop him into any offense, and he's going to help you. He's a good route runner. But would you rather have him or OBJ? I mean, I wouldn't take either of them. Why I mean, not? I think Myers is fine. At a very, I mean, uh, it has to be a very – we don't need this music, Justin. <laughs> I mean, very ominous. Yes. Um, no, like, I would I'd be okay with Jacoby Myers on a short-term deal, but everything you're hearing about Odell, for instance, is that he's looking for a multi-year deal, and he wants security, and he wants a, a, a true home. And it's like, am I going to roll the dice on a guy? I don't even know the last time he had a 1,000-yard season. I know he looked good in the playoffs, but then he didn't even play last year, and I thought his whole, like, uh, free agency uh, tour that he went on late last season was a bit of a La Raviel Magnifico in its own right. I just, I don't need that guy around when I can just get a younger player in the draft. I think it's like he's the kind of guy where it's not like any team should come after him, and you should have the self-awareness to know that he doesn't really fit who we are right now. But you, you are months more removed from the injury. If he's healthy, someone like the Bills that was sort of in the air is courting someone like Odell Beckham. I could see that 
differently than if like the Titans went and tried. Mm. I mean, not aiming that at you, Graver, but just like a team that's like in rebuild mode, losing a ton of guys. Do you build that team around Odell? No, he's like he's a little cherry on top, maybe. I, I'm very easily swayed. You know, I could just move him down. Although at this but point, but 15 that, just seems so. I know there's a position scarcity, but that doesn't mean like I think it's because get to makes 20, it more valuable. But look right? at 2025 and like where would Odell fit in there? Like I right. think he, that's more of a name thing he would, too. He would not drop below 30 in any in any scenario for me. Uh, whether you would put him below Myers, Smith Schuster, who are contributors, I could go either way. This is why I need Wes pushing back. Wes and I did this list, of course, for, for years and years. I'm curious where, where he would have had Odell. He was always a huge fan. But I do think some of these guys, like big-time veterans who've had a really high level of production and they're coming off injuries, those are actually the guys that end up becoming good values. Why was James Bradbury on the market and no one wanted him? I understand the Giants traded him, uh, cut him late in the offseason, but he still was like a very high-level player, had shown it at certain points, and so those guys get a little extra for me. I think OBJ could matter. Uh, yeah, Odell had, I mean, a 1,000 yards nearly on the nose in 18 and 19, but that's averaging like 60 yards a game. His last big-time year where he was a, a guy that mattered was 2016. Uh, during the regular season, and it is fair. He was very good for the Rams down the stretch and in the playoffs before he blew his ACL. Interesting guy. He will get a job. I just thought he was a little high. Where, what's what, How about you, Mark? One was thing, there, though, while we yes. are on receivers, like last year everyone mocked the Jags for going huge on Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Like, oh, my right. God, you paid Kirk $17 million a year. I think that's like what Jacoby Myers is going to get. Oh, my God, you paid Zay Jones 7 to $8 million a year. It's like, you well, need receivers. Out. Teams need yeah. like four receivers each, and those guys ended up being good. And the Jags right weren't team. getting the benefit of the doubt coming off what was a True. clown car season. Now it feels a lot different. Mark. Uh, something that what stood out to you? me. Well, first of all, I think Jacoby Myers, if I'm the you. Patriots, just keep him. Like, find a way to resign Please, him. Because I, I don't know who else that. that they, who, where else they're going on that position. Uh, I always struggle with, like, the placement of Derek Carr. But I want to tell you one guy, because <laughs> I think it's a good it's a good safety class, better than cornerback. But, like, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at number seven is probably where he's not landing on a lot of other people's lists. I know you like him, but I like him a lot, too. And I think he's the kind of guy, when I talk about this free agent class in general, it's like, do you swing for the fences for someone who might not give you the money you give? But this guy, I think, changes, literally, like, sea changes the attitude of a defense. And I thought he did that for Philadelphia. It was awesome with the Eagles when he was healthy. Mm. And if the right team adds him, he's the kind of guy that you look back in January and be like, that was an absolutely key ingredient to our to our defensive building. Safeties get no love, but it just feels like every team could use a guy like that that can play slot corner, that can play safety, that can hit. He got fined for that hit he made in the Super Bowl. They didn't even penalize him. Remember that? That mm-hmm. monster hit on the last drive of the game. So many safeties are available. Jordan Poyer, I think, sounds like he kind of wants out of Buffalo. He's talking about the, the state tax and that it's too cold. And <laughs> Jesse Some Bates. Some guys just want to play in Miami. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, he's been there a while. <laughs> Jesse Bates is out there. Von Bell, uh, Donovan Wilson, Jimmy Ward. So, you can find safeties, and that might depress uh, some of their values. But I appreciate that Dan asked you to come after me with something you didn't like, and and you didn't even do that. Well, yeah, I know I, I said that Derek Derek Carr at number six. I didn't. I have an issue with Derek Carr with teams labeling as like he's going to take us to the next level. He's going to keep you adequate. See, this is what happens when when we're handing out you know co-host titles like lollipops. You could just disregard my setup. I'm just a co-host. You know. 
Well, you like to be in really control. Bothers you like, you what would like, you want to? You have a real control thing, and we're, and we're pushing against you on that. <laughs> no, I just I would like to hear though, Mark. What what is something that you disagreed with? I, I kind of don't think that I, I like. I don't like where Derek Carr is. I just okay. don't like him at number six. And I I think the problem is that he's a quarterback, so he's going to give you more than a safety or a cornerback, and it's not a great like market in general for these free agents. But I, 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 the whole landing spot of Derek Carr is the thing of the offseason that I struggle with. The way he's going to be marketed to us until real, real games well, occur. Well, we don't have to do with that. They, he's asking for about $35 million, which sounds right to me. That's about the level I think Carr would get. And I struggled. Both him and Daniel Jones, they're five and six. I couldn't decide. Who, who do you put higher, Daniel Jones or Carr? And I have to admit, they were, they were both around 14, 15 initially. And then I started going through it, and I'm like... Am I really going to have him lower than Mike McGlinchey, who's like a good starting tackle, but not like an amazing one? Th- these aren't great names. Deron Payne, who had a big season for the Washington Commanders, but ultimately is like their third best defensive lineman, a good player. They're close enough to the level at their position that Derek Carr is at quarterback that you got to move him up to me. If you put him on the Jets, they're just a better team. I think above average or even average starting quarterbacks are just worth the premium. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand how you could have him out of the top ten. I mean, if you look at this exercise and, and in years past, and you look at the raw numbers, and I know that doesn't mean everything, um, and there are reasons why Derek Carr makes you scratch your head um, with some of the you know mistakes he makes and the fact that the Raiders have never really had a big run. But that's not just on him. They've never had a half decent defense when he was there. And you look at his production. His raw production through the seasons is is excellent, especially for a guy that's still 31 years old. He's going to be 32 in week one. Um, absolutely. Like, you have Geno at two. Let me just say the top ten. I'll go top ten here. Let's let's give a little context, even though you should check it out on NFL.com. Lamar one, obvious. Geno two. Jason Hargrave. Uh, Javon Hargrave, the defensive tackle for the Eagles three. Orlando Brown, tackle, Chiefs four. Uh, you have Jones five. Daniel Jones, you have Carr six, you have Gardner Johnson seven, James Bradbury eight, Jesse Bates nine, and then Saquon ten. Like Carr, for what he's proven and his durability and his ability to produce, he's so far ahead of all the other quarterbacks to me, including Geno Smith, that I would have him at two personally. Hmm. And I would, I know Geno is coming off a great year, but I would have had Geno. Maybe I would, fl- I would flip him probably. I'd probably have Geno behind Daniel Jones and Ooh. Carr at two. Hmm. I I don't agree, but I but I also think that Derek Carr has been a lightning rod for debate for his entire career because you can frame his production from certain angles. Because every time you tweet about Derek Carr, Raiders fans come at you, oh the comeback drives. It's like, but then from another angle, it's like he's just Derek Carr, and I just don't see how he's going to be more than that. He's adequate. Right. It's also think, not a great list for quarterbacks. So him being second on the list doesn't do a lot for me. I think Geno's. Uh, ceiling is higher. Ceiling being kind of where he was last year, but I think he can get better. Uh, Maybe it's a type of quarterback I like. I think he really did learn a lot because I think he is similar to Eli and Phillip Rivers to me in that he can play a style that on some years is going to have a lot of turnovers, but I think he can do everything. He can see the field so well. He can make next level throws. He, Derek Carr to me is like a little more mechanical. So is Daniel Jones, but they're all in the same ballpark. Jimmy G is the next one down at quarterback. And that is one of the defining traits of this free agency class. There's way more quarterbacks. Those three uh, top ones, Daniel Jones, Gino and Lamar aren't, I don't think they're going to be 
free agents. They're going to get tagged and maybe in Lamar's case traded. Uh, but there really will be free agents. So Jimmy G's going to be a free agent. He's down at 29. You have Garoppolo at t- 29, and I think that's good. I, I think that that's one of my takeaways when I looked at this with these teams that are looking for a quarterback. And there, there are a few where it's very obvious uh, that they need QB help and they want to go get a veteran. If you don't end up uh, with Aaron Rodgers and if you don't get Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson uh, doesn't uh, head your way and you're – Settling for Jimmy G, I think that's bad news. I think Jimmy G is um, a guy who is always hurt, and I don't think he'll ever produce at the level he's produced with Kyle Shanahan with that team. Hmm. So I think the team that ends up getting him is going to sign up thinking we might get the that great-looking or very good version that we've seen flashed in the last couple of years. But what you'll probably end up getting is a less productive but still injury-prone dude that's who I don't want the Jets to end up with. And I think other teams that are in the market for mm. a veteran quarterback feel the same way. So I like where he is on the list here. It'll be telling if they don't really go after him, considering their institutional knowledge that they've had over the years. I know Lafleur's not there, but uh, Jacoby Brissett at 44. It was hard to rank these guys. Teddy's down at 63. That st- felt high to me. Still put him in. That does feel. Is that, I mean... You, I know who we've got. When we go to 101, I don't have a problem with being far ahead of that guy. But Teddy up where he's done. Where, like, talk, we're talking about durability. His That's durability hurt the Dolphins a lot this past season. And his on-field performance is a B. I value Tops. these quarterbacks highly. It's one reason I don't think it'd be crazy for the Bears to like consider you know, drafting a quarterback to upgrade or, or have both and then see what happens. Andy Dalton's at 83. I just... I just feel like those guys There's are some... <laughs> ultimately more valuable than the players around them. You know, if you you have to do it in context of like Teddy Bridgewater or Kaiser White. Like, do you want your a a good enough who's sixty four starting off ball linebacker, uh, or do you want like a really high level backup quarterback? Which is what well, I well remember when we, we, they used to I'd have rather us, have the backup quarterback. They used to have us craft the uh, the top one hundred lists for the summertime fill in stuff and like. I would put eight quarterbacks because it's like right. I don't value any of these guys. So I get where you're coming from, but like I guess it's like if you're looking to fill certain positions, quarter an average quarterback overtaking like a star offensive guard or tackle. I think that's right. where it's the tough debate. Here's on the how thing: to there's list no it. stars. Like where there Very there few. aren't really stars uh, on this list. It's not a star-driven list. It's it's role players, guys who will help you out and hopefully can start for you. Javon Hargrave, though, is an example, by the way, of a guy who was a free agent. We say buyer beware. That contract he signed with the Eagles last time around looks incredible. I don't think he was in our top 20. He signed three for 45, and he was one of the best players in the league, so it can happen. Um, Just cycling back to Teddy, I I like there's a little butter knife in going on with the stats here with Teddy and your blurb. Teddy Two Gloves had career highs in yards per attempt, (laughs) 8.6, and touchdown percentage, 5.1, on just 79 pass attempts for Miami, with both of his starts cut short by injury. That the last part of the the sentence is the most important part of it. He can't stay healthy either. I well, he like, did, give me Andy Dalton, who's twenty some odd spots lower. I mean, he did start twenty nine mm, games. On the field. He started every game. Uh, no, he started twenty nine games the two previous seasons, and the the reasons he didn't start the other games was uh, he was benched. Right. Well, that's not a huge selling point, but okay. I'm just saying he yeah. he's coming. He, he doesn't have a long history of being injured. At least the last three years, he's been I, pretty healthy. You know, with the Teddy Before thing, and year. I know you, you're riding high um, after the Geno victory, but I even went and looked up. Like, I just when, think he's a good quarterback. When we talked about like his Carolina year and how the Panthers should have just kept him, 
Like his last 10 starts with Carolina, nine touchdowns and 10 starts. They went one and nine in the starts. He, his passer rating was below league average. I'm not average. box score scout, and I think you watched him. He, he had his shortcomings for sure, but he was a guy who was moving the football. He was the only person who ever moved sure. the football in Matt Rule's offense. Okay. You don't, it's I mean, not the, necessarily box score. The Broncos season was, not, was no treat. They lost every game he, he started down the stretch, right. and he didn't score a lot. Why are we talking Teddy, though? I'm just saying, you know, you have him so high, it, it did get on my radar. What else? What else for you, uh, Mark? I would ask one question, though, about the whole this. Would you ever flip the draft and free agency? I would love to. Because, see, we're, we're talking about, like, like what if you... It makes what if sense. you Right. I think it would hurt veterans, obviously, because a lot of these guys would not be needs. But you could fill in all these big spots, especially a quarterback. Happen, well, right. Yeah. But it, it, the union wouldn't want it. But it just seems like it would clear up a lot of the weirdness around free agency and the deals that don't make sense at this point. Because it's like, my issue with these quarterbacks is if you go get a Jimmy G... Like, you're selling that, and then maybe you don't do that in the draft. You don't go trade up for the right guy in the draft or something, and you're stuck in middle-tier mezzanine level. I think it'd be a better better for the league. The NBA has their draft first. It just makes more sense. I don't think it would actually hurt the players necessarily because I think it would create, like, ultra needs. It, it, it just doesn't make logical sense to me. Maybe it would hurt the players. I, I don't really know, but, like... These running backs, for instance, there's such good running backs available. But I do think, like, depending on the class that's out there in the draft, like, that'll diminish the spending because people feel like we can fill those holes. I have a good value at running back. Yeah, there's Uh, a lot of them. And I think maybe he's a little low. Uh, Maybe I have him a little higher, but I I, I can't really quibble because running backs, obviously, they have a different value in the open market um, because of their – position but Miles Sanders is a 56 for you yeah and I was thinking about one team in particular like everybody's been connecting oh the Bills they got to add some some more talent you know oh maybe they'll get Saquon oh maybe they'll get Derrick Henry how about Miles Sanders to a team like the Bills and he's coming off a season where um, he was kind of back to himself he had a lost 2021 and he had uh, nearly 1400 total yards this past season he was a very uh Big contributor to one of the best offenses in the league. Miles Sanders at 26 years old in week one. Give him to me, especially if the price is right. Right. His question will be like, is he a difference maker? He put 1,300 yards up in his rookie year. He did it last season, but he was in the best situation ever. And is he much different than... A Damian Harris. Yeah, let's look at the rest there. of the running backs. Where Devin else we got? Singletary, who I like. These are all lower on the list. David Montgomery and you have Rashad Montgom- Penny. You have and- Montgomery outside your top 100. I, I think that I'd have a gripe with that. To me, he's kind of just a guy. But he does but, make I mean, we're talking. Let's make look at miss. what's happening down in that 80s and 90s. Right. I just think he fits in that world. I had so many running backs there, too. Mostert, Jamal Williams is there. Rashad Penny, who was hurt last year. There's just so many guys available. To, but to me, there's three difference makers. I think running backs have been underrated on some level. Uh, and I think Saquon and Josh Jacobs and Pollard to a lesser degree, will it'll be interesting to see. Pollard, I, I might have had above Saquon, and I certainly would have had above Josh Jacobs. Raiders fans won't like that, but he's coming off of a, a really serious broken leg and, and ankle injury. Uh, but those three guys, to me, are difference makers. You can't tell me they're worth less than like no, a slot receiver or Roy Robertson Harris just got three for thirty. I I just, I just can't buy yeah, that they're worth less than Roy Robertson Harris. Going back to the first name, like I I can't I can't be on board with Josh Jacobs being behind Odell Beckham on this list. That's, Jacobs, I think, fair. is is 
had an excellent season, had a lot of touches, but I think he's somebody, he's still just 25 years old. He's a guy that I would, that's the type of deal I would do in free agency. Guys that are in their mid twenties at running back. That's I'm okay with that. You have Saquon at 10. He's obviously your highest running back. I'm kind of fascinated to see what kind of deal Saquon gets. um, If he doesn't come back with the giants and the, and I know, Pollard, who you have, what do you have, Pollard? 23. Here? 23. How much did the leg injury uh, affect in his ranking? Would he be significantly higher? Yeah, he'd be in the top 15. Okay, uh, that makes sense to me. Um, as long as the rehab goes right, I would be stunned that the Cowboys didn't bring him back and then just ask Zeke to take a massive haircut. Zeke could use a haircut. I mean, also, like, <laughs> let's move on from Zeke. And I honestly, yes, but Tony right. Pollard, I think you could, is, these guys are all franchise tag clear-cut tag candidates, I think, for each of those running backs. That's true. Saquon might not get the tag just because they have to use it for Daniel Jones. Right. Josh Jacobs would be interesting. I mean, they didn't use another guy. They didn't give the fifth-year option. Like, that that came back to haunt the Giants with Daniel Jones. The Raiders are sitting out there with no quarterback right now. Here's what I'd be a little worried about with Jacobs, though. 393 touches last year. By far the most of his career. He's been pretty durable as a pro. But did the Raiders get his best year? You know, that is easily leading the league. That's the whole thing in a lot of ways with these, these free agents. Let's take a break, and then we'll do something fun. All right, we are back. Justin Graver, the Grave Digger. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Hey, man? what's up, buddy? Just keep your finger above that button the whole show. I don't care what else you're doing. Um, let's do something here. Let's let's spin the wheel of destiny um, with the the player. We're going to talk about. We got the 101, the top 101 here. Um, eliminate the guys we've already talked about. Spin the wheel, and wherever it lands, we're going to have a conversation about that player. Hit it. All right, here we go. Mm. God, I hope it's someone someone interesting. <laughs> Could backfire. You can, well, you can always like just spin off to a side <laughs> conversation. That's part of the fun. We got number ninety-eight, Larry Ogunjobi. <laughs> oh <my God>. That's <laughs> great. Go ahead, Greggy. So he he's a guy though that everyone gets excited because he makes those couple of splash plays every year. But then you see like, oh, the Browns kind of didn't really want him back, and the Bengals. I think were happy. I mean, the Bengals were happy with him, but not as happy as they were with B.J. Hill and. Like, he's one of those guys, when you keep coming back to free agency, to me, that's a little bit of a red flag. Sign that huge deal with the Bears that fell through because of the physical. Spin it again. Nice little uh, combo there. Short I thought we were going to just, like, have some Steelers, like, defense talk. Oh, I'm sorry. 40. Ben Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Segment is dying. I, I like the getting the random names because offensive guard, age twenty six. Okay, so this week one. This gets to um, why uh, you know when you peek behind the curtain, sometimes the one one's a little dicey. Where am I really coming from? <laughs> grading all these guards. Of course, I I I talk to some people. I look at PFF. And you try to, like, put them. But, like, how do I grade and put Ben Powers, for instance, <laughs> versus Jacoby Brissett or Brandon Graham well, and these I players? A, I could yes. give you a suggestion. Yes. You didn't ask me uh, before. Uh, tape dog. Just do the work. Grind it out. Hours and hours and weeks and weeks of dogging. But even, That's not what Craig was looking for. Even then, it's like, <laughs> what exactly am I looking for totally? Like, I – you like <laughs> – I, I, I do talk to people who the know more the sky and, don't and, lie. and trust people that know more ultimately. 
But I, I struggled with these guards. For instance, Powers was fighting for a training camp spot mm-hmm. at this time a year ago or going into the season. Was not even a locked-in guard. Then ended up having a season that PFF went crazy for. The Ravens said he was their best uh, offensive lineman. He has position versatility. He kind of came out of nowhere. And so I actually put him, I think, first among all the guards. But it's like him. It's Nate Davis, your guy in Tennessee, who I was pumping you for information throughout the year. It's a year-long process. Uh, but these guys who are, like, slightly above average guards. But do you really want to, like, spend a lot of money? Uh, to me, like, I'd rather spend my money at other positions. Get an offensive line coach. Oh, That's I'm, what you should get. I'm with that. But I think if you're, like, let's say you're the Rams and you don't have a lot of draft picks and you have to fix that line. Like, someone like Ben Powers becomes the guy that 12 articles are written about a week in the summer if he becomes a figure. Do, you know, do those guys pay off that much, though? I feel like if you can just have a good coaching staff and you develop your own guys, that's that's why I have them, him low as, like, the best guard available. Yeah, and some would say, you know, the wheel uh, segment of this uh, conversation is not going well, but that was the number one guard on the market. So you tell me, was it not a bad place? Like, going, so how would yeah, you rank very well. Nate Davis, Isaac Solomalo, Dalton Reisner, Ben Powers, and uh, let's throw in Ethan Pochek, who's you know really more of a center I would go here. 16, 24, 38, <laughs> 40. Who, you who, had Powers in right. What order? They one. How about this? In the order that you just said Al- the names. Alphabetically. Yeah. That also. Scatter them through the list. No one's going to notice the guards are alpha just simply off of that. I mean, is one, more one guard changing your life? Let's, I want multiple more spins. <laughs> one more I like time. It. All right, I'll spin it again. We, this needs to be something, someone that everyone Why? knows. Yeah. Why? I, just, I don't know. Just This is fun. the time for Ben Powers to get his airtime. This is great. <laughs> Number 70, Damian Harris. Okay. All right. Oh, we did works. touch on Damian, though, didn't yeah, we? Well, Barely, though. Damian was on your fantasy team, though, Dan. Uh, so. He was once upon a time. He's a good – I think he's better – but he kind of fell out of favor, maybe not favor with Belichick, but he certainly Ramondre Stevenson kind of became the guy there. But Harris, I think, is a good one-two punch type dude. I don't know if I want him leading my Perfect. backfield. I but think he's down like, at 70. I think it's a nice I know. Value. I think he's an amazing free agent pickup. Like I'd, re- I'd actually rather have him than Miles Sanders maybe now that I think. How about the both? Upsides. How about those guys as a tandem? That would yep. be perfect. Like he, just as a pure runner explosiveness, making him a – he's one of the best – Pure runners, I think the Patriots have ever had, but he's been hurt and a little limited in passing game. Mm, I'm going to just uh, do a little uh, little wiggle here, a little audible. I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about the guy ahead and below, Damian Harris. Fletcher Cox, how about that? Fletcher Cox uh, will be 32, um, was a major part of what was, until Super Bowl 57, a dominant defensive line for the Eagles. Um, Brandon Graham is also in the mix here. Uh, these pass rushers, Greg, they're not going to get big deals, but they will they should get those one, maybe two-year deals as a rotational type guy. Yeah, I had Cox almost off the list because he was at first, and then I looked, and at the end of the year, he was really playing well. Graham was is going to be in the top 40. Is Graham on the list? We, we've had these debates with guys who are voided or not because oh, yeah. technically should, I think Graham is – At some point, he will be there, though. He will. He is there uh, at 45. Uh, there's different variations. Um, and then we have at number 71, Alan Lazard. Interesting, uh, Aaron Rodgers, as you wrote, Greg. He he was big last season, off season before the season started. Like, this is the dude. He's my number one receiver. Um, what kind of market would he have? Uh, would the Packers want to bring that guy back? He for said he was going to be Rodgers or uh, Jordan Love. He said he was going to be bougie about where he where he went. He's had a great experience. Great experience in Green Bay. He's wow. not going to go to some half baked operation. Like I kind of qualified as like every team needs three or four receivers. How many that are available 
you can put into one of those rotations and he's going to be a good player for you. Lazard was kind of my cutoff. Yeah. I like Darius Slayton a lot. I, like I had in the 50s. I like DJ Chuck. Like, they can be in that rotation. After that, then you're kind of guessing. There's Matt Collins. There's Jarvis Landry, if he can stay healthy. Nelson Aguilar. Bunch of guys. Sterling, Sterling Boy, Shepard, t- I'm waiting for to get healthy. Group. Just a bunch of guys. I want to spin the wheel again. I don't care what Dan says. Let's go. No, I didn't say we shouldn't spin the wheel. Oh, good. Let's get a higher. I number. said let's get a let's get a name that matters. Get, they all matter. They're human beings, you know. I'm just gonna spin the wheel 150 <laughs> times. Like, what are we funny. doing here? No, 31. Ma- Mike, Mike has to talk about this. Gasecki. Okay. I think Mike Gasecki, who was you know talked about last summer, is like, oh, he doesn't fit into the Mike McDaniel offense. Like Mike Gasecki, there are a couple interesting tight ends in general mm-hmm. in this whole free agent crop, and I think he in the right offense is a difference maker. I like him. I'm, I don't know why Miami... Some people say he's uh, Mike Gasecki. I don't think that. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't think, know who would say that. Stop. I think you he's just way, said it. Well, well, some people thought that when he wasn't producing, but yeah, maybe he just needs a Wait, fresh so, start. Uh, beyond, is he your second tight end after Schultz? Uh, Ingram oh, is Ingram. right above him. Okay. So there are three good tight ends. Schultz uh, Ingram got sounds franchise like... tagged last year. Was very productive. Once he was back from injury with Dak Prescott, Like I think they kind of have to keep him. And then Evan Ingram had a nice season. I think they will franchise tag him. Uh, but Gasecki yeah, is a good example of one of my things is people just make these rankings and they just talk about the previous year mm. and they don't look at the whole body. Mm. When they were just using him as a slot receiver, he's a great tight end slot receiver, which to me is a very useful trait. You know who could use him? Mm. It's your New York Jets because they have a lot of tight ends. We have so many. Yes. But they don't have one that matters to me. That like is a plus starter. They're they're fine. Yeah, Tyler Conklin. They improved greatly from like one of the worst groups in the league to like now we're okay. Uh, and maybe they're a team that should draft someone with. But they have Osama. Yeah. I mean, I think they don't have a quarterback. God, is the, think, more the issue that, than the. To me, ends. I think they would be. They have a perfectly serviceable tight end. That would setup. be an insane. They could run like three yeah, tight ends. Like, with those guys, how many so. of those guys are making? Big play. I guess Comp- Conklin was insane. Uzama has in Uzama, the past. Uzama is not a, a pass catcher. You know, he's a blocking guy. How many yards did he? he had two hundred yards last yeah, year. Yeah, they were using. I don't know if they. I don't know if he's got a future with the team. I know he probably didn't sign up for the role he ended up having. Maybe but the I Jets thought Conklin the did some things there. You know, I like Evan Ingram. By the way, I think you have Ingram one spot ahead of Gasecki, um, and. I think the Jaguars would be crazy to let him get away. because They both thought, seem like they want each other. Yeah, uh, that feels like a thing where if he ever got to the open market um, and you had an offense that could use him the right way, a.k.a. don't ask him to be a, you know, a blocking type tenant, let him be a playmaker, I think he's an ascending guy that's gotten out of the Giants' uh, mud and found his way with Jacksonville. Well, he's one of the types of guys that I actually – you can find value in free agency. It's possible. They signed him last year. For one year, $9 million. I mean, that was a nice deal. Now they're just going to tag him for a similar amount. He was number 50 on my list a year ago. And I'm looking at this list. Mm. And, uh, you know, I underrated him. And then I'm also seeing Hassan Reddick wasn't even in the top 30. Well, that's why there are guys like that sitting out It happens. It happens. It happens. All right. Who in this list, uh, Greg, well, Are you most worried about becoming the Hassan Reddick of 2023? Because there will be somebody. So anybody that you really – you had him lower and you're like, oh, am I way off on this one? I got to roll forward. I got I got the movers coming. I got a bunch of boxes. I mean, I had it My wife's got to do the plumbing. <laughs> there was a lot of issues this weekend that we were Who, who do we you worry about that can greatly exceed in terms of value based on where you have them? 
Let me see I, if there's somebody Isaiah Wynn is at 51. He's a Patriots first-round pick that at times showed a very high level of play. Those are the types of players that worry me. But he's coming off some injuries and was definitely out of favor with the Patriots. But, like, he's shown it. Maybe in the right system he he could do it. He's one. Did I underrate some of these pass rushers? I don't know. Samson Ebicom was pretty good last year. What if you get like a late career or a latter career, like Leighton Vander Esch explosion with the right team? Hmm. I like Vander Esch. Poor Jamal Williams, 17 touchdowns this year, and he's at 78. Our friend Jamal Williams. He was one of those where I was like doing the third pass, and I was like, shoot, I don't even have Jamal Williams on this ranking at all. I got to, I got to, after he came on our show, <laughs> right. he's got to come on. Let's zoom him up yeah. to uh, 78. Julian loves an interesting safety. He kind of came out of nowhere for the Giants last year, had a nice season. So many he's safeties. at 79. A lot of safeties. Robert it, Woods made the top 100. I was, was like an old guy there, Bobby Trees. Uh, how about this? Is it when you... If you've been on the Around the NFL podcast, you get preferential treatment. All right, that's that fair. That only makes sense. Um, or if we think you're coming on the Around the NFL podcast and then a safety shows up instead... Roll out the carpet for you. Um, is it the way to judge <laughs> whether or not you um, got it right, quote-unquote? Is it how the guy plays in the upcoming season? Or is it when, let's say... I'll throw a name out there. If, if Justin Houston ends up getting... A, a nice deal, for instance. He's too old. Uh, let me go with Tyler Rapp ends up getting a much bigger deal than you thought he would. Does that mean it's mm. already the your list was off? It's Is not it a prediction. Based on what teams think. I think if you, I mean, if you really wanted to do it, you'd have to like look a year from now and compare it to other lists who I was higher on versus them and how those players did. Like Zach Allen was one as I did the list. Cardinals. And no one, uh, you know, benefited more from Hard Knocks than Zach Allen. I know no one watched Hard Knocks. He's at 14. Uh, he's at 14. He kept just sneaking up the list higher and higher, higher and higher. And I was like, that's who I would want in free agency. What was it? A just guy for like Zach Allen. The I roughly bet I'm higher on 800 him. million people that didn't see it. What did Zach Allen do on Hard Knocks that – he just seemed so like uh, like a good guy to have around. He was like, you know, trying to be the next JJ Watt, and he kept and he played really well. He was one of their few players, God. and he he had a monster season. Vance Joseph also to me was highly impressive. I think if you were an mm. owner and you watched them, you're just like, that's a freaking dude that I would want in front of my players. We did the rare thing where he went back to the team where he failed as head coach. You don't right. you don't see that. I kind of I dig that. That was, lobbying for that. This was Mark's. Uh, Take had, had what you, that you got to you, you got to be open to go back Justin to the Graver old Remembered this take of yours yeah. last week when we mentioned the Vance Joseph news, and he said that was Mark's long-standing take, and both Dan true? and I didn't remember. We yeah, just I said, said it again t- uh, multiple times, where it's like you go and you it's the Peter principle thing. You fail as the head coach, but there's that opening. You go back to a come place back you home. know. Come back home. I come was impressed home. with his leadership. But Zach Allen, let's go, Zach Allen. Draymond Jones, let's go. Those are guys I'm, I'm pretty high. On. I like uh, since I'm looking at it, Levante David. at at 19, 33 years old, but I could see him having, even though it didn't work, again, it didn't work out with the Rams and Bobby Wagner. If you're a team that's looking for some a veteran that could come in and deliver some high-level play for a year or two, Levante David could do a lot worse than him. Right, that's the thing is like people are always looking for the young guys they can spend huge money on, but you can't, Bobby Wagner was a great deal last year. Ultimately, like he performed for more than he was worth. Right. I now he's a, not on the team anymore. Very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. Greg, number 24, Uh-oh. Marcus Davenport. I feel like that's a tough guy to know, like, to spend a lot of money on because he seems like he could be awesome, but then he's also unavailable half the time. 
He would have been in the top 10 if it was a year ago. I've always been a huge fan of Davenport. He's the kind of player I like. He's, he's a, like a poor man's Jadevian Clowney. He's just so strong, and he creates pressure, and he's just like doesn't need to be subtle because he just makes other guys look, but he, he never stays healthy, and the Saints were very I'm glad to see you finally him. took Jadevian Clowney off this list. because No, he's, no, he's there. He's there. He's at 41? What is this? Well, I can't, I can't shout at the clown. I can't shake my fists anymore about this one. He I think had it's a too decent high. season last year. He'll still walk okay. down on the team at the end of well, the year. Well, that's why I put him down at 41. <laughs> I think that's lower. That actually, only given, how much did it deduct that he quit on the team? Let's like, check you know. some other lists. I haven't yet. How much did that drop him? Now it's time for me to check him because I don't want them get let's where does PFF have Clowney let's just find him what I, is this what does this mean at this 31 week? okay I'm just saying like am I crazy but he's always been like a PFF darling that guy I think also it's a, there's a lack of edge rushers and maybe you're just taking yes. a position and moving it up a little bit because they have only Davenport, Davenport ahead of him. is it's it's rough out there if you're looking for an edge rusher you're looking to the draft or trades there's going to be some good names being cut that'll make this list look a little sexier you do have unique and Gakwe at 33 that's a pretty good edge rusher. Good point. Forgot about him. Uh, spin the wheel again. Oh, we're, good. As we wrap this up. We're, we're bringing we it in for a landing. Caleb McGarry. Let's get Caleb McGarry in there. Number 30. Oh. Well, I just brought him up. That is Yannick Caleb Ngakwe. McGarry. Wait. Okay. Who is it? I, I landed on Yannick Ngakwe, who I just Oh, uh, that's Bridget again. blew it. Uh, One more time. Well, it's a little worrisome he's like going to be on his fifth team in four years, but he does produce. 53, Marcus Peters. Oh. Marcus Peters. Is that a nice career? How old is he going to be? Tempted to put him higher? Or? I just wanted to see how long could we stay silent and Dan just talk about Marcus. <laughs> oh, Peters. he's only 30. Okay. Well, he, he's back from the ACL and he's a starting corner. Okay. I think he's a starting Good corner. Good spot. Good spot. And actually, the fact that he stepped in last year and was like immediately back to being solid enough, he just seems like one of those guys. So you can kind of like. I don't know. They they age really well until they don't, and then they're done. But he's just like a player. You know, I, I, I'm not saying it right, but he's kind of like a dog. He knows how to play. You could put him on any team, and he can take up snaps for you. There's actually some decent cornerbacks available uh, above him. Jonathan Jones, I mentioned. Jam- Jamel Dean is a good starter who's in my top 20 for the Bucks. He's a solid player. Bradbury. And now, without further ado, we discuss – as, as he does every year, he likes to have a name brand, Greggy, at 101. And this year is no different. Drum this roll, please. Easy. This was too easy. The number 101 ranked player in Greg's NFL free agents countdown is Baker Mayfield. I mean, isn't he a perfect 101? He's the ideal. He is. It's I, not accurate, but it is perfect. Why that do you, you mean it's have. not accurate? I think it's perfect. What What if I told you that there was another quarterback in his last 17 starts? When you measure the two QBs last 17 starts. I did think about this guy, too. That this quarterback has more touchdown passes, fewer turnovers, a higher passer rating, more passing yards, a higher completion percentage, fewer sacks, less drama. Would you know who I was talking about? Yeah. I don't know. Come on. I'm just saying. Those are all facts. That's not my opinion. All the all that data favors Darnold. I'm I'm a human. All of it. I, absolutely right. And if he just hadn't made that last start of the season, which I happened to watch, 
I'm a human, and sometimes the last. I'm a human. He sometimes says. Sometimes the last thing you saw weighs too heavily. I will admit to having that problem. Like Miles Sanders was a kind of a problem for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. A couple bad runs, couldn't keep him in, bounces to the outside, that hurt him. Sam Darnold had that great run where I'm like, wow, this is everything we ever wanted out of Sam Darnold. He's really better than ever. And then he showed up in week 18. I think it was against the Saints. I watched that game, and he was a total disaster. And it was just like, I can't trust this guy. Can't trust him. <laughs> I, I think he saved his career, though, as a, like a number two. I don't think you can go in with the starter if you're if you're if Sam Darnold, but I think Baker Mayfield too. At midseason, we had a conversation that Baker Mayfield may never play again because of the Baker Mayfield experience on top of the bad play. The Rams thing was kind of a blessing. It was a, it was I think saved his career and got him another number two contract. The Saints are talking about him as a potential starter, which sounds like did you, fool's gold. Well, so here, did you see? Like Baker's last start of the season, for instance, against the uh, yeah, Baker's Seahawks. had some ugly yeah. starts. Well, my throughout. point is not I don't want to get to go down this road. By the way, people he, hate he, when I do this. He yeah, but he had five the... for fifteen for forty three and three turnovers, Terrible. and that was after hitting like his last two or three passes. I think he had like a well, that, you know, he had the Christmas Day start where he was like twenty two. Uh, that for was 25. Sam Darnold. I'm talking right. about yeah Mayfield. So, Mayfield. Let me just say this: that I'm not saying that Sam Darnold should be one on one. I'm saying I think I saw your your raw list and you had Darnold at one fourteen or so. I think that's where Baker should be as well. I think they're okay. basically the same. Like, if you want a guy who's a backup, but if you want yeah. a little more sizzle on your steak, well, put well, Baker one I thought about Minshew because he felt like a nice one. That's who I wrote. I have it written right here. And Minshew should be like, 101. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Minshew some credit. I'm actually going to just – I would rather have Minshew than Baker. You and, got him uh, 95. I, I got him a little higher up. But I like for, the, for this exercise, Baker's the perfect one-on-one. You sure. go, or you go to Sean Gibson. There's nothing. Sure. To talk I mean, about. I, I, I don't mean, have an issue with. Yeah. It. I just was pointing out that uh, statistically, and it's not just staring at box scores or whatever. It's you know, well, Baker I, I will give take, you some moments. I take Mayfield's highs he, over Darnold's highs, but I take neither of them as a I starting. I think Baker could be like right a Fitzpatrick type guy where he can come in for three or four games and give you some juice. I mean, the I, Saints are talking about making him the starter. Potentially, I think the Saints have no. The Saints what? are out of uh, out of options in general. There's interest in Baker Mayfield. Didn't you? <laughs> but like, I, I think know, I had Andy to Dalton do a James Winston. I think I had to do well, a top 25 that. free agents of 2022, like before the season started, and you know Baker was in the top five. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that long ago that um, I I had a completely different opinion. I'm not blind to. I think it's changed. Uh, uh, there's something about Baker that people gravitate towards, and it's when he has. Those games, people get excited about him. I think I think just, he might be the best one hundred and one ever in the sense that, like, well, Gino's Gino was rocketed Gino all the Gino way up from one hundred and one to number two. Well, I mean, no, I just mean in juice <laughs> and just like yeah. Yeah. I like I yeah. like it. I like the idea of having someone in there that spurs debate. I think he's limited. Yeah, I think, and and maybe you think I overrate Gino, and I definitely have a certain type. I like the quarterbacks that are really quarterbacking out there, and I feel like that's where Baker. I don't know if he's ever going to get there in terms of like making full field reads yeah. and like in, but he can give you but some like, juice. He can give us some juice. But you know, like I, I, I disagreed with you that I, I think Derek Carr is, is better value, but I have Derek Gino Carr right around too. top five as well at six. Derek I would Carr have. does that too. Actually, you know what? I'd have Gino over Daniel Jones. I got to be honest with you. So I would, I would have him at maybe five on this list. But otherwise, Greg, you've done great work. Mark, do you have any final thoughts? I am bowled over by the work Greg has done. <laughs> it's over. been excellent. Yes, and continues to be. You know what uh, doesn't bowl me over is that one extra week that we uh, work now because of the 18th yes, uh, yes. season. You feel <laughs> 101 it. season 
really start. You know, it's yes. There's no uh, cruise for me anymore. I that it, it's ruined my that little uh, spot. That's a toughie. That is uh, just got to yeah. get in there. It's a bad beat, but you're also extremely fortunate. Incredibly, fortunate. we are very lucky to do what we do. Yeah, I mean, I think we we're you know we're still talking about the 18th week of the season. Maybe we need to table that combo. It's not, not changing. Uh, it's going to get longer. So we're on, we're basically the guaranteed. only people left still talking about yeah. it. It's not guaranteed. Um, this is continuing. All right, Justin, uh, do you have any thoughts <laughs> before we say goodbye? Wow, Robert Woods on the list. Come on, it's Ta- personal for you. Taylor Lewan, not on the list. Yeah, that was great Taylor, Taylor breaking news last week on that. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is a guy. When Taylor Lewan said like he doesn't know if he can like function in his everyday life, and he's not sure if he ever wants to play football. That's a gots to go off the list situation. Fair. I, he was on it until then. So you know, he's you... also got a hit <laughs> podcast of his own, by the way. So oh yeah, you, you know, that's where we got the quotes from. And yeah. then he was like, "Yeah, like I don't know if I'm ever I'm sorry, really going to be able." to. Did you dig into all the other players that have podcasts on this list to well, see where their mental Patrick Peterson? For example, he's he's a sharp. Let's get Taylor Luan on the list. Woods is another year removed from that surgery, which is a hard one to recover from. And he had a couple moments where it's like, I think you could. He passed my like. Can you throw him into a good team as your third or fourth receiver, and he's going to get you 600 yards and help your team? I think he could see the Rams bringing him back. Yeah, Cooper Cup was locker room leader, making it making noise about it. Bobby Trees. Also, he took a picture with my son. Uh, Oh, that's that's nice. At colors, your ranking. No, Taylor Ruan is 31. He's three-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, but he hasn't literally been able to stay on the field. And he, he was saying uh, that doesn't hurt, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater's played football in the last few years, and he wasn't saying that he might not be able to continue to play football. Taylor mm-hmm. Luan, two out of the last three years, played five games or less. And it's coming up. Big injury. Right. He might not play. It sounded like he was going to retire. That was part of the reason. I agree with that. It, it did sound like it. It sounded like he doesn't want to play football anymore. He's got a, a thriving podcast. Can always add and, uh, How popular is this podcast? It's come up multiple times. Is it? Bussing with the Boys. It's pretty popular. Oh, yeah, Bussing with the Boys well. is his? He's doing very it's well. Yeah. Good. That's good. It's He's he's doing the, the Pat McAfee. Uh, I've yet to catch an app. But. Will Compton is also like a major him and Taylor Lewan did this together and Will always gets offended because everyone just says it's Taylor's podcast and like Will does a lot of the legwork but mm. tough sitch. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm sure he's thrilled we're discussing that right now. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, <laughs> I th- it happens on on all podcasts uh, even to all three co-hosts on right. this one. <laughs> <laughs> just not good. It bothers me. But why is it so important to you? I, I'll talk to my agent about Host it. Host is is, uh, you understand that Gre- Greg and I did not engineer that. We <laughs> yeah. just discovered that. I don't want but that host as, my, also, as my title necessarily. I feel like host, <laughs> you are the, the host of this podcast, yes. but when you think of host in the traditional sense, sure. that's sort of like an old media thing where it's like the host doesn't have their own opinions necessarily. Right. They're not. They're yeah. just like setting people up and right. this and that, and that's not you either. So yeah, you want to be put saying. in that box? I think the same. Uh, I think I am a, a new age host. I think... Um, Innovator. That's strong. Way New age. It. It's not. It wouldn't. Um, that's. That, these are all terms that people have thrown out. Um, Where did we start? The, how long is this yeah. podcast? What is the appropriate term for what Mark and Greg do on the show if it's not co-hosted? I would ask that. Um, can you give me one uh, show, like a day, to think about it, and then I'll yeah. Right. I'll throw I'll, out some I'll throw ideas. One out. Analyst. But that feels. But they're too important for that. Sidekick. Right. No, I think, yeah, I think what's, 
what's crucial is you need to make a line of demarcation, Justin, right. that shows that we are lesser than, and it makes Dan feel better. Yeah, Justin throwing out sidekick. Yeah. This that guy would is work. That would work. Feeling himself. That would work. I think he would like that. What if I run an analysis on all the minutes that each of you have spent talking on this well, show? Well, that would be – I don't want to find well, out. <laughs> I don't think that would help anyone. Um. All right. That's it. Good stuff. Check it out, Greggy. Excellent work. Top 101. We'll be back on Wednesday, and we're going to start digging into the coaches – GM's press conferences, the news. Maybe Lamar Jackson gets traded. That would be nice. Lot coming up. Heed the call. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.